0: Hey, it's Friday evening. Welcome to the show. Disability Law Show is here once again. John Scholes, always, and uh, joining me, of course, Savannah Tamarkin and Brandon as well, courtesy Samfiru Tamarkin LLP, the most positively reviewed law firm in the country. Always encouraging you to reach out anytime. When you have questions, need that conversation uh, with Savan or Brandon and their respective crews, toll free, of course, one 821 5900 And you can go to disabilityrights.ca. We will get to some email very shortly uh, over the course of this half hour. That is help at disabilityrights.ca. But, guys, we always start off with the, uh, the week that was a case of the day, something you've been working on, Savan. What do you got today, pal?
1: Hey John, uh, yeah, I want to start off by uh, talking again about slip and falls. It's something that comes up quite often now, and I have gotten several calls this past week from people across the GTA uh, telling me about loved ones. So it's not them, it's loved ones, uh, usually somebody who's elderly, but not necessarily you can have kids slip and fall as well on ice and, and snow. Uh, but typically I hear from a lot of people whose parents or, or spouses or brothers or sisters slip and fell uh, and, and then you know th- th- they suffer injuries. And look, sometimes when you slip and fall on black ice, uh, and, and you know, you get yourself up, you dust yourself off, everything is okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, it is what it is. You're going to be more careful when you walk. But sometimes these kinds of falls can result in very serious injuries. And people just want to understand what they should be doing immediately when this happens. And I always start my analysis when I tell them this. I said, look, look, first things first, obviously, is get medical help. Even if you don't know if you've injured yourself, you feel some pain, but. Uh, by the way, John, you've had that thing happen to yourself, right? Uh, and I've had it happen to me as well, where we fall and we feel pain, but there's something in the back of our mind saying, ah, yeah. let's just see what happens over the next day or two. Well, listen, you know, the first 24 hours, 48 hours, getting medical help or just getting checked out is absolutely paramount because you if bet. there is... A, a fracture if there is something that needs medical attention and you haven't gotten it immediately you could be causing extra damage so always get checked out if you're feeling pain you're feeling discomfort the second issue that i tell people or the second thing i tell people is make sure that you or someone you know uh, takes photographs or videos with your phone of the area where the fall occurred, it's really, really important to make sure that you have contemporaneous records of the state of the area where you fell. And the reason is very simple. Here's the reason, because if in fact you suffered more significant injuries for which you are entitled to compensation, whether it's pain and suffering compensation, whether you need medical assistance, you need to pay for physiotherapy or acupuncture, massage, whatever it is, or even if you can't work or have problem working and you need to claim reimbursement for that much money uh for for, for those losses, uh the the uh, entities that are going to have to pay you generally are the insurance companies who insure the premises where you fell. So if it's a parking lot, it's going to be whoever insured that parking lot. If it's a private residence or if it's a city sidewalk, it's going to be the city or, again, mm-hmm. the insurance company for whoever it is that is responsible for the area. Now, these insurance companies, I can tell you right now, are going to do the homework on their side. So, you know, here's a scenario, John. This individual called me this past week, 54 years old. His wife was going, uh, just across the street to a supermarket to shop in Mississauga. Uh, she slipped and fell on some black ice. It was a little dark outside. It was later in the evening. Uh, and, and, uh, you know, they, they let obviously the people know the, whoever owns the supermarket. They went to the supermarket afterwards. The husband did. They informed them of the, of the fall. And the person at the supermarket says, well, you know, we salt the area every day. So I can tell you right now that if we just, if the husband didn't take photographs, which he did, thank God, but if he didn't take photographs of the area where she fell, the insurance company who's going to respond to this claim down the road is going to take the position that all the proper maintenance was done. In other words, they've done everything they reasonably could to make sure that the area was safe for patrons. But when we look at the photographs, you can actually look and see that there was no salt on the ground. So maybe they salted another area of the parking lot, but not the area where she was walking, where pedestrians do typically walk. And this is where it's really key to make sure that you take those photographs and videos. If not exactly after you fell, well, then an hour later, two hours, doing it a day later or two weeks later is going to be problematic because the insurance company is going to say, well, the condition changed at that time. It wasn't the same, right? If you go back a week later and take photographs so who knows what happened during this time. So that's why contemporaneous records of the state of the sidewalk of the parking lot of the area where the fall occurred is very, very important. And I've resolved many, many cases, John, uh, on behalf of injured individuals and injured family members where there was the he said, she said with the insurance company, and we were able to produce photographs and videos of the area of the fall that really shut out any argument from the other side that the area was properly maintained. And the reason why this is important is that we're not dealing necessarily with claims that are worth $5,000 or $10,000. You can have a situation like this person who called me, the wife that got injured, You know, she actually broke her left shoulder. You're talking about an injury that is going to probably get her compensation in the six figures. It could be $100,000, $200,000. It depends on the extent of her inability to go back to work. She's a PSW, so you can just imagine, you know, she's earning, I think, around $65,000 a year. If she's unable to work for a year, well, you can just do the, you know, the calculation right there at $65,000 plus the pain and suffering plus whatever expenses she may have uh, helping her around the home, et cetera. so these kinds of claims can easily uh, you know run up to the hundreds of thousands of dollars of compensation. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be in a situation where the insurance company says we're going to pay you ten cents on the dollar because you can't prove that the area where you fell or where your spouse fell was actually you know in in disrepair or was not properly salted. so again, very important to understand you want to make sure that If you suffer the slip and fall or you know someone who has that someone, maybe not the injured person because they're injured at that point, they're in shock, but someone else goes and takes photographs and videos of the area and that you keep those and that you notify whoever is in charge of the area, the supermarket, the city, whoever it is, of the fall. You want to make sure that they're aware that this happened.
0: Guys, we got so much more to get through in that regard, but we got to take one short break, and we will continue with the show. In the meantime, you can grab that phone and uh, write down this number for later on to call uh, Brandon or Savannah and talk to their team. If you have concerns, you'd like to voice off air, one 821 5900 and we'll get right to that email address as well, help at disabilityrights.ca, but uh, we're going to keep it going here. And uh, you know what? Let's get to uh, let's get to our first email. We've still got some time, guys. I'm going to decide to go to Jacob. He just uh, just chimed in and says, uh, guys, my name is Jacob. There and I got in an accident about six months ago, I was sideswiped at an intersection. My car was a write-off. My insurance company is sending me uh, for two examinations to see if I'm out of this minor injury guideline, the MIG. My physiotherapist said I've used up all my treatment, and that's why I'm going for these examinations. What happens once I go for these examinations? I still need treatment. I can't stop going for physiotherapy yet. I'm not not better yet. Even my family doctor thinks so. What can I do? Can you guys help me? I haven't been back to work, and I'm not sure if I'll ever be able to go back full-time because of the injuries. That's from Jacob. What do you think, guys?
1: So there are two components here, John. One is the accident benefits component uh, that we're going to have Brandon talk about. And then there is the tort component, right? He wasn't at fault for this accident. He was side-swiped. So I'll talk about the claim against whoever swip- side-swiped him because that's part of the claim. That's a later part of the claim. And, and maybe, Brandon, if you want to talk to us a bit about uh, the minor injury guideline and, and just the general question that Jacob has here about his accident benefits.
2: Hi Savannah, uh, for sure. Um, so hi Jacob, I'm I'm sorry to hear about uh, what you're going through. I know that these car accidents they can be very stressful on their own, let alone having to deal with the you know, the accident benefit claim as well. As you mentioned, the reason for the examinations that you're being sent for is for the insurance company to decide if you should be placed out of this minor injury guideline and into the next non minor and non catastrophic category. This would allow you to go from $3,500 worth of treatment all the way up to 65,000. Now, yes, if they do disagree and they think that you don't fall outside of the minor injury guideline category, then your treatment will be stopped by your insurance company. They will deny your benefits. Now, there's other ways to try and get out of the minor injury guideline as well, such as providing medical records from your family doctor or other treating specialists. And this is what we are here for. We're here to make sure that your benefits don't get denied and that you continue to receive treatment Make sure you're receiving all the different types of treatments and other benefits that you're entitled to. Uh, Jacob, I do hope you give us a call and we can talk further because, like I mentioned, if things aren't done properly on your accident benefit claim, there's a good chance that your insurance company will be denying your treatment very soon.
0: So, man, what do you think, pal? Before you go to break, give me your uh, give me your thoughts.
1: Yeah, I mean, we're talking about somebody who obviously has injuries here that should put him above and beyond the minor injury guideline. And John, this is something that is quite confusing for people. When the government switched the legislation, you know, they change the laws as it relates to car accidents every so often. And whenever they do that, there's a lot of chaos. Lawyers don't know what to do. People don't know what to do. People don't know how to navigate these things. They just know that they're injured. In this case, Jacob, uh, you know, six months ago was size swiped still is not back to work. So let me tell you this. In addition to what Brendan was just talking about, and by the way, for all our listeners, Brendan does these things each and every day. He helps people deal with accident benefits, denied uh, claims for benefits, for car accidents, uh, so he knows how to deal with insurance companies. We have a full team, a legal team, that is just focused on helping people get those benefits and get them out of the $3,500 minimum that the insurance company has to pay, because they want to pay as little as possible, obviously. But let me talk about where I come into the picture, or other lawyers like myself on my team, and that's the tort claim. When you have a car accident where you are not at fault or where at least someone else is partially at fault, it doesn't have to be 100% you or 100% them. Any time that you are injured in a car accident or as a result of a car, it could be a pedestrian versus car, it could be car mm-hmm. versus car, but it's in a car accident situation and you are injured in such a way where your injuries are uh, going to be bothering you for the future and you're going to have difficulty working not necessarily going back to work at all, but even going back to work to the same way that you were before the accident, the same hours, the same functions, same times. Uh, in those kinds of situations, you may have a potential claim against the other party who caused the accident. Their insurance company can end up having to pay you hundreds of thousands of dollars for your pain and suffering, for your loss of income, for other treatments that your own accident benefits insurer doesn't pay, maybe even for your own family members who are helping you now. Right, You have situations where family members now have to pick up the slack. You can't do certain things around the household. Maybe you have to hire someone to help you with gardening, with snow shoveling, etc. So it's really important to understand that you have all these categories of damages that we can help you get from the insurance company of the person who hit you. But we can only do that and explain that to you if you give us a call so we can go over everything. And again, John, very important people to understand, these consultations are absolutely free. You give us a call, we'll go through the scenario, we'll go through everything with you and explain to you exactly what your rights are and what your options are. Jacob,
0: nicely done. Thanks, Pauline. Are you're going to reach out through that phone number. Savannah just mentioned toll-free. Use it, one 821 5900 Again, that email that we use and going back to in just a moment, help at disabilityrights.ca. We'll continue Friday night edition of the Disability Law Show. Stand by. All right. Thanks for hanging in. Welcome back. It is Friday evening. A little bit more to go on the Disability Law Show. Thank you so much for tuning in. We appreciate it every week. And you can always reach out on your own for a uh, private conversation if you'd like to have that with Savannah or Brandon. And you do that toll free. Same number as always. Use it. one 855 the website disabilityrights.ca, or simply help at, in front of that for the email, help at disabilityrights.ca. Let's continue on, guys. we still got uh, lots of time here. Let's get to, uh, to Mandu, guys. Says, uh, hi, guys. My wife and I went for a walk last weekend, and when we turned into the parking lot of a store close to our home, there was a lot of ice, and she slipped and fell on her back pretty hard. She broke one of her vertebrae, according to the doctor at the hospital, and she's still there now. She may need surgery. She's a dangerous Daycare provider, and we have four children of our own. I'm not sure what to do. The area where she fell was in poor condition, very poor condition, but we didn't realize it until the next morning when I went to take pictures of the place because it was quite dark when she fell. What should we do? Yeah, that's
1: What do you think about that, pal? Yeah, that's, uh, that's sig- these are significant oh. injuries, Mandu. So first of all, very good. It's excellent that uh, she went to the hospital and got medical help. And it's really good that you are contacting us right now to get this information that you and she needs. Because I'll tell you, this is going to be, based on my own experience and what you're describing, a fairly significant claim. And when I say significant, I mean when you're dealing with a, a back fracture. I don't know at this point, and you don't know if she's going to need surgery, but whether or not she needs surgery or not, she's going to have these issues or issues stemming from these injuries for the long term. Now, what does that mean? Nobody has a crystal ball. Is she going to be able to go back to work at any given point? If she's able to go back to work, is it going to be part-time or is it going to be full-time? Is it going to be to the same hours and duties that she had before the accident? I mean, you know, she obviously is injured in a significant way. She's going to need certain treatments. Something else to consider here, John, and we haven't really talked about this a lot, but when you are dealing with a slip and fall case, especially when you're dealing with more significant ones, remember that, especially in Ontario, OHIP is the entity that pays for a lot of these treatments, whether it's for your, for the hospital or for your family doctor or anyone else that you are seeking treatments from. I'm not talking about private clinics like physio and things like that. I'm talking about, uh, you know, medical type help. And the reason why that's important is because you can't just go and settle these kinds of cases with the other side, with whoever was responsible for the accident, uh, the store, the, the plaza owner, the winter maintenance contractor. You can't just enter into a settlement uh, with them without making sure that OHIP's interest is satisfied. And I know some people are saying, what what are you talking about? Well, in Ontario, we have laws that protect OHIP as well. If OHIP has had to pay for certain treatments as a result of a non-car accident claim, like a slip and fall, and you then get compensation from whoever was responsible for the accident, you have to make sure that OHIP also gets reimbursed for whatever money they had to pay in getting you the treatments you did. And again, one of the reasons why it's important to get legal advice is because you don't want to be in a situation where you yourself have entered into a settlement with the other side and forgot about OHEP, only to have OHEP down the road, knock on your door and saying you owe us that money, you know, potentially in the tens of thousands of dollars. So, that's just a small digression, but I want to make sure you understand that, you know, you do need a, a personal injury lawyer, people that have knowledge of the laws that deal with these kinds of cases, slip and falls. Now, going back to Mandu's case here, John, uh, I, I can see a case here. First of all, he went the next day and he got photographs, uh, and he got video evidence, obviously, of the state of, of the, uh, the area where she fell. Absolutely crucial absolutely crucial. There's no question in my mind that there's going to be a claim here against whoever is responsible for this area. And it may not just be the plaza owner or the store owner. It could be a third party, like a winter maintenance contractor. Maybe even the winter maintenance contractor has hired a subcontractor to deal with that particular area. So that means that if we have multiple entities that we have to notify of this claim, They're going to have their own insurance company. So you can have a situation where we are notifying, let's say, two, three, four, five different entities, Mandu, of your wife's claim, and you have all these other insurance companies who are going to have to be at the table when it comes time to talk about settlement. You understand, John? This is this can be a fairly sophisticated situation here, a very kind of complex process. But this is where we come in. I'm not asking Mandu to do any of this. I'm telling him that we're going to have to do a lot of homework ahead of time to make sure that we include all the correct parties so that everyone is at the table when it comes time to talk about compensation. And when we talk about compensation, we have to look at absolutely everything. Pain and suffering for his wife. Pain and suffering for him, for Mandu himself for any other family members, like children, they have four children. They're Mm -hmm. going to be entitled to compensation. Uh, Maybe there is going to be income loss, significant income loss that we have to compensate her for. Maybe she's going to need people to help her around the home right if she has a back injury and she can't take care of her daily needs we may need to make sure that we have somebody coming into the household to actually help her right whether it's with showering or whatever it is so you understand there's all these kinds of expenses that we have to take into account when we are looking for the type of of uh, of compensation that she's potentially entitled to
0: Appreciate it, man. Too, and you know what? uh, How to reach out? You got the email address as well, but I'll give you the number. And for anybody who just caught that story too, it's one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Want to move on to another one, Alexa? I'm going to throw this one first towards you, Brandon. You got to you got to catch this. Says I just got into an accident two weeks ago. When we were hit with over 25 centimeters of snow, you guys remember that? It was really bad out and I was driving super slow and careful. This car behind me tried to stop and rear-ended me pretty hard at a red light. I went to the hospital the next morning because I had a really bad headache and I was sick and the doctors told me I suffered a concussion from the accident. When we got out of the car, he said it was going to be a 50-50 since it was the snow that caused the accident as he tried his best to break in time. He said we shouldn't even be driving in this condition in the first place. I had no choice to drive as I was working until 10 p.m. I still took down his license plate and we exchanged insurance information but he told me I won't be able to put in a claim against him. Is this true? Can I still put in a claim? My doctor said that I should be off work for the next few months so they can monitor my condition. Brandon, you first, pal. What do you think about Alexa's uh, Alexa's note?
2: Hi, Alexa. Thank you for reaching out to get some advice, and I'm I'm sorry to hear about this action you were involved in. Uh, Savannah can talk to you about your claim for pain and suffering and discuss any potential liability issues with you. But before he does that, I'd like to explain to you a little bit about accident benefits. Mm -hmm. In Ontario, it doesn't matter what caused the accident or even who caused the accident. Everyone is entitled to accident benefit coverage. So Alexa, of course, you're going to be covered and able to put in a claim for accident benefits just because you were driving in bad weather condition doesn't mean you can't put in a claim. It doesn't even matter how the accident happened if it was the snow that caused the accident or even if it's brake stopped working even if you fell asleep at the wheel none of that matters for accident benefit claims you're going to have coverage through your own insurance for sure so you'll be able to get treatment to treat your concussion and you'll still be able to receive income replacement benefits to stay off work until you're able to return Uh, these income replacement benefits um, they start at as they're, they're capped at a maximum of seventy percent, but they start at four hundred dollars at a base uh, base policy. But they can be up to eight hundred dollars per week, even up to a thousand dollars per week, depending on what policy you do have. Um, I'm sure this this sounds all very confusing, and it can be. So please do reach out, give us a call, where we can have where we can help you receive all the benefits that you are entitled to.
0: Savannah, what is uh, what is your angle on this one?
1: Yeah, I mean, we're dealing with an interesting scenario here because it's a a rear-end collision. The weather was not good, but here's the thing. The information, Alexa, that the other driver gave you is complete nonsense. If you were rear-ended, the other driver is most likely 100% at fault. Now, that's not always the case, but it's almost always the case. It doesn't matter also what the other driver says. What matters is what the law says, and that's why I'm telling you that in these scenarios... If you are rear-ended, if the weather is not good, there may be some contributory negligence on the fact that you are driving in this weather. That is an argument. I can see the other side. But, you know... Ad- 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 advancing. But the reality is that uh, the other side is also guilty of that. So irrespective of that accident benefits, I agree with Brendan. you're entitled to that accident benefits to the various treatments, to income loss, all these kinds of things that your own insurance company is going to cover you for. But to the extent that you suffered serious injuries and injuries that are going to affect you for the rest of your life, or at least for the foreseeable future, yeah, you're you're looking at pain and suffering damages, which could be uh fifty thousand dollars, sixty, seventy, eighty. It really depends on the extent of your injury and how they impact your day to day um uh activities of daily living and ability to earn income. In addition to that, when we talk about income, we need to understand what is the impact on your ability to work. You know john some people think that it's a straightforward calculation i was earning hundred thousand dollars before the accident now i can't earn that i can only earn fifty thousand it's a straight fifty thousand dollars a year loss that's not always the end of the analysis it can be a lot more than that you can have a situation where a person was up for promotion so we got to take into account the fact that that person potentially could have been earning a lot more down the road i've had claims by the way I've had claims in the past that I have uh, uh, advanced for people where they went back to work and got the same amount of money, annual salary, that they did before the accident, but now they couldn't work overtime, and they were passed over for promotion, and we were still able to recover for them hundreds of thousands of dollars in future income losses because it's not a straightforward calculation. You see what I'm saying? But it's really important to understand that the law allows you for that. You just need to have the right person representing you, the right team looking holistically at your entire situation, getting the right experts involved if we need those experts, and then going after the insurance company and forcing them to pay. You see, the insurance company is going to pay you zero if they can. So it's really important to go after them and to understand where the pressure points are and how to deal with those kinds of cases. And if you don't get the right experts or you don't get the right doctors or you don't get the right people involved, that's just going to translate into less money in your pocket at the end of the day. So it's really important here that you reached out to us. We can have a chat after the show is over, uh, more, more uh, a private chat. We can go over, again, all the facts, understand a bit more about your situation, uh, understand what the doctors are saying, and then really advise you of what your options are. Give you a menu of options. And then you can decide what you want to do. Do you want to pursue it? Do you not want to pursue it? How do you want to pursue it? We're not going to pressure you, but we're going to give you all the information you need, and it's all free. That's the key thing to understand. There's nothing to lose by speaking with us and getting the information you need so you can f- uh, make an informed decision.
0: Alexa, thank you so much for uh, for reaching out, and we are done for another Friday. You're, uh, you're off into your weekend. In the meantime, though, you'll want to reach out to Savannah or Brandon and their respective teams. As I said, you're always encouraged to do so. Don't hesitate just to have a, a chat. It's uh, pretty much noncommittal, right? toll free one fifty nine hundred. 5900 Email we go to every week is help at disabilityrights.ca. And for any other questions, you can use your cell phone, your smartphone, your tablet, uh, your, your desktop, mydisabilityquestions.com as well. We'll catch you next time on the Disability Law Show.